My next guest is a multiple seven figures passive income strategist who helps people create semi-passive income streams such as courses and memberships so they can make more money but with more freedom and in less time. Please welcome Lisa Johnson. Welcome to the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Patricia Bourgeois, Certified Business Coach. I am here to help you up-level, generate consistent wealth, increase your confidence, attract dream clients, and master your mindset so that you can fully own your power and achieve next-level results in your online business and beyond. Every week, a powerful conversation will take place with amazing guests, or I'll share from my experience to help inspire you to start and scale the business of your dreams while being powerfully you. The time has come to stop playing small, stop hiding, and stop waiting. Now is the perfect time for you to passionately pursue your heart's desire as the powerful leader you were born to be. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I am here today with Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to talk to you, get to know you better. I know you are a business coach for ambitious entrepreneurs. Like, Take us through your story. How did you get here? Give us all the details. Okay. So yeah, I help people who want to scale their businesses using passive and semi-passive income streams. So things like courses and memberships and eBooks and group programs. Um, And the reason why that happened with me is that I started my business four years ago and I've got twins. They're nine now. Mm. Um, And I, I did what everyone said to do, which is like, get fully booked. If you get fully booked, then you'll be successful. (laughs) And so, you know, they all say that. So I did what they said and I got fully booked and I was doing quite well in the first year. But then I realized that actually it, this is not the life I dreamed of. This is not the business I dreamed of. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that I was going to have to give up a nine to five job to work from six o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. Wow. And people were coming to me and saying, well, I really want to work with you. And all I was doing was one-to-one. So they were like trying to hand me money and I was turning them away because there's only so much time that I have in a day. And so it became really obvious to me that if that was how I was going to have to be successful. I didn't want to do it. I would rather not earn the money. I was earning a good, you know, two, about 220000 by the end of the first year. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's great money, but I had no time to spend it. And yeah. you know, if you'd have asked me what I wanted my life to look like, I would have told you I wanted to travel all the time. I wanted to spend money, not money, I wanted to spend time um, mm. with my twins and with my husband and I couldn't do any of those things and so I kind of started to think this wasn't all it was cracked up to be and then I heard somebody talking on a podcast about passive income and whether it was a myth and so I kind of went down that rabbit hole of looking into all these different kinds of passive income streams and decided I was going to learn everything I could and spent a lot of money learning everything I could from some of the best people who know about these things in the world. And then I started adding in these income streams over the next eight months. And some things worked, some things didn't, some things I realized you could do it better. And so I was standing on the shoulder of giants and tweaking what they did to make it even better. And then by the end of year two, so if you think at the end of year one, 
I was working probably 80 hours a week and earning that 220,000. By the end of year two, I was working 30 hours a month and earning over a million. Wow. (laughs) It changed everything. And so that's what I do now. That's why I want to help so many other people do that because I think we're taught to just, you know, we're we're all taught to do the same thing, which, you know, get one-to-one clients and that's the business model that works. But actually there are so many different business models that might be better for the life that you want to live. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So where would someone start to start creating those semi-passive income? Like, is there a particular way or system that we should be looking into? Yeah, there's a sit. So I created a system because I was Mm -hmm. playing around with it. And I realized that I was then doing the same thing all the time. And actually, Mm -hmm. I was telling other people to do the same thing all the time. And they were starting to make more money in a a much more freedom-based way. And so I created this system that I call the cash system. And Mm -hmm. it's based on five principles. So if we take the C from the word cash, that's all about clients. So instead of kind of thinking, do I want a membership or do I want a course? Instead of thinking that, think, who do I want to help and what problems do they have? Like start from that way and learn everything you can about your ideal client. And once you know that, you can then go on to step two, the A in the cash system, which is audience. So when you're looking at audience, you're looking at like growing an audience, but also nurturing that audience. You know, you could grow it in so many different ways. I use a funnel to grow an email list and also to grow a Facebook group. Some people want Instagram, you know, however you want to do it. And then nurture that audience, give value until they're ready to buy something from you. And then you can go on to the next step, which is the first S in the cash system. And that's all about the structure of how you're going to do something. So, you know, I like video. Some people like to teach on audio. Some people like workbooks, whatever works for you. And also having a look at the tech that you're going to need. Mm -hmm. Um, I use Kartra, but I used to use Memberspace. There's Teachable, there's Thinkific. There's so many really easy to use systems now. So it's like getting that bit worked out. And then you go on to the next S in the cash system, which is selling. And we know that selling online is actually called launching. (laughs) You know, launching is a, a six to 12 week strategy all on its own. And this is the bit that most people get wrong. So they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, I, I did what you said. I grew an audience. I launched this course. And it didn't sell. And I'll say, how did you launch it? And I'll say, well, I told my audience about it in a Facebook post. <laughs> That's not launching. Like, it, you know, our audiences are really smart. They've been burned online before. So we need to take them on a journey. We need to warm them up. We need to let them see that we do really know our stuff and that we know people want to buy from people that they like they need to get to know us to see if they like us so that's the kind of launching bit and then the last piece of the puzzle the h in the cash system is keeping our clients happy because the first time that you create a passive income stream or semi-passive whether it's a course on membership an ebook or whatever it takes loads of effort it's not passive at all you're growing an audience you're writing your course you're working out how to launch it's hard work the time that it becomes less hard is the second third fourth fifth and sixth time that you put it out there because you've already got all the materials then but that won't happen unless you are getting the results 
for your clients that you promised because then they sell it for you. So up until the seven figure mark, I didn't use Facebook ads in any meaningful way. I didn't use affiliates or anything like that. I just relied on the fact that the results spoke for themselves, um, knowing that if people got good results, they would shout about it and then more people will come in the next time. So it does mean that if you see your people aren't getting results, you need to put things into place to make sure that they do. But if you do those five steps, you can always make passive or semi-passive income. Wow, this is amazing. I just love your system so much and it makes so much sense. Um, And I'm really curious to know what you think about those coaches who say, oh, I am selling my live energy. People pay to be in my energy. Like, what do you think about that besides the time factor? (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm not a big believer of any of that, if I'm honest. Um, There's quite a lot online that I don't love. And I nearly came out of the industry in year three because I see so much that is not ethical online I think it's rubbish really and these sleazy sales tactics and the you know just manifest it and if you're not manifesting it properly (laughs) then you're there's something wrong with you you're the one that's not doing it right um and I didn't like the industry but then somebody said to me if you don't like an industry you don't come out of the industry you change the industry and so that's what I really want to do I want to make the industry more transparent more honest more ethical Mm. and you know, we did a launch in October where it was my very first affiliate launch. And we said, even though we're using affiliates, we're going to teach all of the affiliates to launch with integrity. So in other words, we're going to tell people not to get into debt because everyone tells people to get into debt to do their courses. We're going to tell people not to get into debt. We're going to turn people away that we do not think this will work for them. We're going to actually signpost them to other coaches who would be better for them. And we did all of that and we still made $2 million in a week. That is incredible. <laughs> Which proves you can, wow. you can be in integrity and still make a load of money. You don't need to do these tactics that yeah. have been handed down. All these scarcity measures, you know, we only have five spots. It's a lie. <laughs> you know, you've got <laughs> as many spots as people will buy. So don't say that. Yeah. Oh, my mm. gosh. You're so right. And I just love how you really uphold that integrity in everything you do. And that is why you are so successful today. So I applaud you for that. And I'm just so honored that you're here today with me. (laughs) Thank you. I do think that each one of us, everyone that's looking at at the online industry at the moment, and, and, you know, it's rife out there. People saying to me all the time, I've been burnt by this, or Mm. this person didn't deliver, or I was told to remortgage my house to do this course. We can all change this, you know, together. We all have Mm -hmm. the power to do it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about your own story. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you were homeless. So I want to know like the background story of everything, because it's just mind blowing to me, like your success today, like how all of this happened. (laughs) Yeah, I I wasn't homeless, but I was nearly there. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I wasn't actually homeless. What happened was, so I grew up in poverty. Yeah. Um, So I grew up in a council estate in England, which is like in America, like welfare, like the project. So um, yeah, we didn't have any money and we didn't really care because when you're kids, you don't care, do you? You just go to your friend's house. You don't realize who has money and who doesn't. It doesn't even matter to you. And I was happy until I was 11 years old when I got a scholarship to a private, very rich school. 
near where I lived. Um, and I was the only person to have got a scholarship. And so everybody else there had money and I didn't. And for the first time ever, I started to be bullied for being poor. And, you know, kids are cruel when they know that you're different to them. So, you know, whereas they were going on these amazing holidays and I was the only person in the lunch line with a ticket that meant I could have free lunch. And it was just not a fun time. And eventually the bullying got so bad that I moved schools. Um, so when I was 14, I moved to a, a mixed school. So it wasn't an all girls school. It was a normal school, you know, not just for people that could pay for it. And then I was bullied there for being the person that had gone to the posh school. <laughs> so. <laughs> I couldn't win. And I think I was so terrified of people by that time, just because of what happened to me, that at the age of 16, I ended up having a knife to my throat by another classmate with a whole group of classmates jeering her on. And that was the end of my schooling because I just didn't go back. I just didn't see the point. And so for me, up until, you know, I I got married when I was 17, I think, because I was just looking for some kind of validation that I could be loved because of everything that happened to me. And so, you know, I think by the time I was sort of mid-20s, I didn't really like the world very much and didn't think I could ever become anything, um, let alone do anything amazing. You know, I'd had low-level jobs, but had never really got anywhere because I was so scared to interact with people. And then I decided to give myself a test to see if, you know, I could make something of myself or or whether everyone was right, that I was ugly and fat and would never make anything of myself and, you know, would always be poor. And so I decided to try, while working full time as an office junior, to get a law degree. Um, And so every night I would come home with my books and I would study. And then every year I would go and take the exams. And then I would go to work the next day. And four years later, I I got my law degree. I got a really high mark, got a 2-1. And it changed everything for me because it enabled me to realize that actually we get to rewrite our story. So wherever you are, we get to change it. It's never the end. We decide who we are. And so when, you know, I climbed that ladder and climbed the corporate ladder, did really well in corporate, I ended up in investment banking. But then I got pregnant with twins. <laughs> but oh, wow. By, yeah. <laughs> by this time, I kind of had realized that I can rewrite my story. And so, it, I, you know, I tried to go back to work while they were five months old. I was going through a divorce at the time, so I was going to be a single parent. And I realized very quickly that there was no way I could sustain being an investment banker with having two kids that young. Oh. And so I quit my job. I went back to being a PA, you know, personal assistant, office junior um, mm-hmm. in in somewhere that was right near my house that I could work kind of nine till four um, so that I could see the kids. And it was there that I had my first idea to start a business. Wow. So it all changed. And I was when I started this business, I was 30,000 pounds in debt. And wow. now I make three million a year and it's been four years. So everything can change so quickly. Absolutely. Wow, I have chills. This is so good. (laughs) (laughs) So what made you just quit everything and do your business, even though you were in debt, even though I'm pretty sure it was an easy choice to make. It was an easy choice. Yeah. So what made you do that, that choice? 
Well, when I started the business, the first business I started was a wedding planning business. Mm. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to start a business doing something that I like. Like, I really like to organize things. So I was like, I'm going to start a wedding planning business. I'm going to stay in my job. So I'm going to do them both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I did that for the first year, but I didn't know anything about business, like nothing. No one I knew like had a business because of the background that I come from. And I had so many money mindset issues, like telling myself that people like me don't have successful businesses and, you know, mm. all sorts of things. Um, and at the end of the first year, I sat down and worked out like how much money I was making and I was barely making anything. I think it was like just over a pound an hour. And so I was never going to be able to leave this nine to five job and spend more time with the twins having this business. So that's when I was 30 grand in debt. And I had to decide, do I just quit this and realize that you're always going to be an office junior, you're always going to be living hand to mouth? Mm -hmm. Or do I get a business coach, which was going to cost me even more money? And I was already in debt. But I had to have this belief that I could do it, that I would make it non-negotiable, that whatever happened, even if I failed at the beginning, I would try again and I would keep trying until I made it work. And so I got this business coach who taught me about like having a strategy, ideal client, Mm -hmm. made me realize all the money mindset issues I had since a child. You know, if you go to a, a school where all of the people that are mean to you and that are bullying you are rich, you're going to grow up thinking that rich people are bad people. And if you believe that, why would you want to be rich? because then you are bad and so I had to undo all of this learning that was already in my subconscious to be able to do what I wanted to do but it worked and within six months of getting that business coach I turned that wedding business around Mm -hmm. and um, people were asking me you know it wasn't massively profitable but it was getting there and people were asking me how I'd done it and that's when I realized that Actually, my passion was for telling others, teaching others the things I'd learned about in business in a way that wasn't full of jargon, because there seemed to be so much people like really made business complicated. And I realized Mm. it didn't need to be. And so that's when I then thought, you know what, I'm going to start my own business, actually, (laughs) other people to have business. And I gave the wedding business away. Wow. Incredible. So would you say mindset is as important as strategy? Massively. And I wouldn't have said that at the beginning. I would have said it's all about strategy. But at every single level I've got to, it's not the strategy that stopped me, that made me plateau. (laughs) It's the mindset. Because I did things quickly. And that meant that my mindset didn't have time to catch up. So even now, you know, at multi-seven figures, I still have days where I have to work on my mindset. Because, you know, we all do. And mindset isn't a thing, especially money mindset. It's not something that's a tick box. That mm-hmm. you go, oh, I've done that work now. It's something <laughs> you work on, like, all yeah. the time. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with this. Oh, this is so good. I know that people listening will be like, yes, I have to work on my mindset. <laughs> yeah, you do. Amazing. So I ask this to everyone who comes on the podcast, and I'm really curious to know your answer. What does being a powerful leader mean to you? It means so many things. It means speaking up about things that you believe in. Mm -hmm. It means allowing yourself to be challenged when you're not doing things in the right way and holding yourself accountable for that and apologizing where necessary. It means 
not being scared to challenge the industry you're in you know to say that actually this isn't right we need to change things like a true leader is one that changes the things that aren't right even if that means it's going to be detrimental to your own situation whether that's money or popularity like none of those things should matter if you're a leader um so many things I think it's about finding new ways of doing things and about being true to yourself and the impact that you really want to have and that doesn't mean everybody's impact has to be I know that there's this whole thing now where you're supposed to say that you want to help 2,000 women by 2025 or whatever <laughs> like I don't think it means that it just yeah. means staying true to what you believe in in your values and knowing that you're going to help people along the way mm-hmm. oh my gosh this is so good so much wisdom <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I was wise. I've just learned from my own mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely. We all do. We do. So do you have any last piece of advice or tip or mindset tips you want to give um, to our audience as we're wrapping up this interview? Yeah, I think one of the things that I think stops a lot of people from really getting to where they want to be mm-hmm. is the belief that what other people think about them matters. Mm. And actually, it does matter if they're people that you trust, who are close to you, who you respect. The kind of people's opinions that don't matter are strangers on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <And> yet, <laughs> we very much are led sometimes by the worry of what strangers on the internet will think of us. As soon as I stopped worrying about that is when things changed for me. So if you are the kind of person that worries about everyone thinks, I want you to really have a think to yourself about what matters more, you thriving in your business for yourself and your family, or some opinions from some strangers on the internet. Mm, Very good point to consider. Amazing. So where can people go to connect with you further online? Um, Instagram is always, I'm always on there answering DMs. So at Lisa Johnson Strategist is a good place to find me. And I also have a Facebook group called The Fabulous 5%. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for being here today, for sharing your wisdom with us. It was amazing getting to know you. Thank you for having me. It was really great to chat to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. If you love this episode, make sure to spread the message, leave a review and subscribe. I would forever be grateful for you. I also want to hear from you and I want to know your feedback and your questions for future episodes. So don't be shy, say hi and send me a message at Powerful Female Leaders Podcast on Instagram. Until then, I'll see you on the next episode.